Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. Yes, it is your girl, Lise Winnie, and I am a fucking millennial. So let's get this party started right and quickly, like I always say. We gotta get this anonymous kicked off right. Shout out to my brunching peoples over there. We recorded one Sunday, so shout out to them. We had a good time. Uh, no Ashley, the cannabis nurse, this week. She had to go on vacation. Well, not vacation, but she wasn't there. Let's just say that. She wasn't there. So it was just Guru and Ediga and I who were holding down the house. So make sure you watch that. So go to Facebook or YouTube. You can watch it because it's video and audio. So, you know, whatever you want. So, but make sure you are liked and subscribed to Millennials Anonymous or MAPS on all major podcasting platforms so you can listen to new episodes maybe we might drop some some bonuses i, I don't know I, yeah but I, I you won't know if you're not liked and subscribed you won't know so we gotta get this you know we gotta get y'all liked and subscribed i'm just saying locked and loaded like subscribe whatever and however you want to say it and we have a guest today and i'm super excited because she is a fellow back row buddy and a millennial so basically if you don't know what a back row buddy was is you know when you used to take your school pictures your class photos i always had to stand in the back and i always felt some kind of way like mm, i don't want to stand in the back no more I, I wanted to sit in them chairs and cross my legs indian style so bad like them the other shorter people i was like i want to well i want to hold the sign i want to hold the sign sometimes i wanted to be up front so so bad but i was always in the back so that's when i say my fellow back row buddies taking class photos we all know we we all know we always was in the back and that's us and we're talking to miss rj white who is the owner of an ABA basketball league, the team, the Vipers. I said the league, the whole league. One day she might actually, I, I don't know, the way she her moves are, she actually might be the head of a league someday. But right now she is the owner of the team, um, an ABA basketball team, the Vipers. So we're going to be talking to her about her boss move because she's true, truly, truly, truly has bossed up. I just want y'all to know, she is truly an inspiration to women who want to be in spaces and places where they say you cannot be in places and in spaces but we got to get to these top 10 trending topics of the week before we can talk to miss white so let's get this party started right and let's get this party started quickly all right let's get into these top 10 trending topics of the week so Kevin Hart is in trouble again, and this time is for defending his very good friend, Miss Ellen DeGeneres, who is in trouble for a toxic work culture. She is on the cusp of cancel. She is on the cancel cusp uh, yeah. of cancellation because of all of the things that are going on. She's had producers that have been sexually harassing people. They have said racist comments, and people said that Ellen is just plain mean. Not only former producers, staff that works there, and former guests have all complained about this, but Kevin Hart came out uh, to support Ellen after this backlash and people are getting mad at him for not defending Nick Cannon publicly saying that he supported a white woman and not the black man and so Kevin Hart came back out on social media and he had to defend himself and he said that Nick Cannon was at my house every goddamn day after when he was going through his stuff he was at my house you don't know what he said but uh, here's my thing people we are getting into a place where things uh, everything is super uber sensitive and you cannot live life like that if you if you're always on high alert you will be miserable stop worrying about what other people do so much plus nick cannon might be his friend but have you ever had a friend that did something you didn't fucking agree with you wouldn't be responsible for ruining my career did y'all ever think about that maybe he really didn't vibe or rock with the fuck he said help me maybe he supported him as a me. friend like let's see what he can do these networks like he said he did he called networks to try I'm, to I'm done. figure out how they can get this to work but he maybe didn't support what he said maybe he did not support what he said I i'm just saying I, I, that's all I'm saying. Just because he didn't support it, don't make it right or wrong. But maybe he didn't support what he said, but he supported his friend. That's all I'm saying. Now leave him alone. Now I can't do the one thing that I'm actually good at, and it's all your fault. Speaking of leaving people alone, listen, I got, I just got promoted. Okay, I just got promoted in the Beehive from bronze to a silver, and y'all not gonna make me lose my membership. Maybe matter of fact, after this, I might get promoted to go. All right, I'm, I'm gonna get my Beehive up. I'm gonna get my Beehive clout up because. 
I'm gonna support Beyonce because y'all out here acting a fool, a whole fool in these streets. Beyonce is now being accused of being a devil worshiper on social media. They're saying that she put the horns on and she's, she's acting like the devil and the Illuminati. And that is not what that is at all. She actually was dressed up as an African deity because she was in Africa. Uh, and the whole film was the Lion King. I don't know if y'all knew that, but it, it's just the same shit we just bought, okay? Only Beyonce can do that. She's the only person that can resell us some stuff she just sold us and then we rebuy it because this is what this was. And so it was the Lion King. And so she was using the, you know, tell us who you are to recreate the story but she was recreating the lion king in a story of us us as people and so she was bringing in you know african deities and different cultures she was in ghana like i was talking about this last week so it's listen everything is not sinister Sometimes things are, but everything is not sinister. That's all I'm saying. Like sometimes just let, let, let it go, let it go. Just just let it go, let it go. And speaking of just letting go, um, Rick Ross and 2 Chainz. Yeah. People are saying they had the most boring verses ever. Uh, they're saying that it was boring, but when you have two people that's too cool for school, you know, you got Ricky Ross. And you got, you know, 2 Chainz out here it's just you know they not gonna be giving y'all up all the information and dances like snoop dogg and dmx like it, it's just not they not gonna be doing that they don't just say whatever out there mouth. but they did bring out the theatrics two chains he brought out the strippers Trump. he he had a whole stripper olympics on the floor he had a stripper with the money and bands to make a dance and all of that <laughs> and not to be outdone because he didn't have any strippers um you know titty boy inspired him to pull his titties out and um, we had a whole nip slip because he took his whole shirt off and then he proceeded to get a massage on on instagram it, it was it was very it was very uncomfortable for me i i don't know how i felt about it but he was very very comfortable okay and um you know he said i'm not gonna be outdone by these strippers they they didn't pull their titties out i'm gonna pull both my titties out and and i'm gonna have them out and display for everybody to see and i'm gonna dance with my titties out and so that's what happened um i will say that they both have amazing catalogs it's just not they're just there, I love two chains on the most expensive list. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it at that. And Rick Ross has some of the most amazing music in, in rap. And speaking of rap music, WAP has offended people. Surprise! So WAP is offending people. People are outraged about Cardi B and Meg The Stallion's new song "Wet As Pussy." Um, and they are just, it was a, it's a congressman that said that if this is what women are supporting and girls, these are their, their role models. The world is going to a bad place. And I watched this video by accident. I'm like, yeah, you accidentally watched that shit on purpose. So let's just let that go. But here's what I will say. Like people, they are taking this song way too literal. They're taking this song way too seriously. It's a goddamn rap song. We know that WAP is not keeping men home. We know that you have to do more than that to keep a relationship. I don't think anybody in their right mind believes that, including Cardi B, who has had some public issues with her own husband. So we, I, I think, I think she know. And when she said, you know, I don't cook, I don't clean. Let me show you how to get this ring. She probably didn't, it was probably just a good bar. There's been a lot of people that said good bars, but that's not necessarily their real life. Um, but who knows what she would have said if you would have asked how she got the ring. She said, we have open dialogue and communications. We sit down and we make sure that we know and love one another. She already said that her and Offset be praying about what be going on in social media, which is strange, but you know they be praying about it so you don't know what they be really talking about you really you really don't know okay it, it just everything is not meant to be offensive and then it's dead anyway wap is dead anyway it got born it got dead in the same breath because jamal pastor jamal bryant from formerly from baltimore came and said you ain't seen nothing um until you seen i think it's new birth this is new church or whatever new birth's version of wap which is worship all praise and i'm like no no some things you just gotta miss listen churches 
Just miss this. Miss it. Just miss. I don't want to hear wear all praise. I don't want to hear worship all praise. I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. It, it. It's. It's. No. Just miss it. Miss this boat. Just miss it. Another ship will come in. This one is not for you. And speaking of not for you, a lot of people are petitioning to get Kylie Jenner out the goddamn WAP video. They have signed a petition, over sixty-five thousand signatures on Change.org, to get Cardi B to take Kylie Jenner out of the goddamn video. Now, what I will say is this. Listen again this is probably her friend she said it was her friend she said her and you know kylie jenner is really cool she was really cool to her sister and her daughter at the birthday party um her daughter's birthday party or whatever chris jenner has been helping cardi b do certain things in the industry her husband is really close with travis scott so she was going and defending why she had kylie jenner in the video listen cardi you should have not said nothing like Kylie didn't come out and say nothing. Just don't say you don't have to defend everything. Like it's not necessary. It's really not. Because you can have whoever you want in a video. I know people out there saying that you are picking a white woman over a black woman because they said Normani is dancing and everything and this is her talented and this a white woman could just walk down the hallway and that's just life. I, I get it. You know, I get it. But I don't think that this is necessarily her being racist i think this is her getting clout in a very smart way because kylie jenna is going to bring a whole nother level of fandom that normani doesn't have as talented as normani is kylie jenner just has a different group of followers kylie jenner is one of the reasons why this video is trending on youtube she just has a different base cardi knew that cardi knew that like if you put her in there that it would get a different level of shock value now could she have put little kim in this video maybe had kim walk down the hall since kim is the mother of this type of rap i think that would have been more dope but maybe kim was busy i i, I don't know what it is and you know and people are coming out defending cardi as well saying normani her talent is dancing and kylie jenner's talent is strutting down a hallway which is a crazy you're everybody can strut down a hallway i hope you got more talent than that like I, i'm just saying no knock on on kylie but y'all that's not helping that's not helpful that that looks very bad that that's your your talent i'm i'm just i'm just saying and georgia school now is virtual learning after nine kids contracted covid in one of the largest school districts in georgia so and the girl who got suspended now she got unsuspended because they realized that she didn't do anything but tell them what they should have did in the first place because clearly nobody in georgia school system has ever met a five-year-old clearly or four-year-old because kids are the only people who cough and sneeze with their mouth open they sneeze with their mouth and their eyes open who does that just kids and I'm thinking like, you know, you're going to try to explain to a kid why they need to social distance, why you have to be six feet away from Johnny. This is the same kid that believes in Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, and every other that cartoons are real. Like, really? That's, no. You're going to explain then logically why you can't. Okay. All right. Okay. This is what we're doing? This is just what we're doing. Sneeze and cough with their whole mind. That's the only thing kids share is germs. This, that's it. That's all they share is germs. They don't share shit else. Like, clearly y'all never met a kid. I don't know what y'all doing. It's just stop it. Just stop it. And speaking of stopping it, Trump is just, he's just doing too much. So now he's out there giving more false hope to people, saying things that he's really not going to do. Um, about now he's saying that the federal government is going to pay all the unemployment benefits because now the state has to pay a portion of the unemployment benefits but he's saying no I want to get reelected so much that I'm going to take this federal money and we're going to pay all the unemployment benefits even though just a few weeks ago I was talking that people won't go back to work because the unemployment benefits are too high um, I, he, I wish he would make up his mind because clearly he doesn't know what the hell he wants to think or feel or do or whatever. And an explosion in Beirut kills 200 people after the detonation of 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate that has been stored unsafely at Beirut's port for six years. And they've had quite a few of their ministers step down because of the mishandling of this. 
and my heart goes out to everybody in Beirut I could only imagine the fear the anxiety that must go on to have to go through that and then for the families who lost someone 200 people perished for you know them not taking this seriously uh, so I my heart goes out to Beirut I can only imagine and Joe Biden is leading in the polls in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin do not take y'all foot off the mother tricking gas because this is the same stuff they was telling us about Hillary and y'all sat y'all asses in the house no no get up no Joe was nobody Joe wasn't anybody's first okay he was a rebound he, he's the rebound dude he was no one's first choice but he's here now so we're gonna pick him because that's what we got okay we either got trump or we got him so we need to pick him and then make sure that y'all get up and y'all also vote for y'all senators and y'all congressmen and after 2020 make sure y'all get the fuck back up in 2022 go vote again and then you make sure you don't sit down either you hold them mother trickers accountable okay i don't care who's in office make sure you hold them accountable just saying and china said on monday it has imposed sanctions on 11 americans including four u.s officials for behaving badly on hong kong related issues so some of those include senator marco rubio of florida ted cruz of texas tom cotton of arkansas josh hawley of missouri and pat toomey of pennsylvania representative chris smith of new jersey and they're saying that these laws maker sanctions are created by Beijing. So we will see what happens with that. It's just a crazy world we live in. But that has been your top 10 trending topics of the week. Let's get into this interview with Miss RJ White so we can get balling in basketball too. Like, come on, let's get this. everybody so we have a guest on millennials anonymous podcast i'm excited today because i've not met her before this is the first time i'm actually meeting her and she's done so many things she is truly the definition of a girl boss and so i like girl bosses i like to meet girl bosses and hear the stories from girl bosses how are you doing today miss rj I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Should I call you Miss White or do you, RJ? Is- RJ is fine. Okay. okay. Yeah, when you, you get to a certain level, I got to ask, should I call you Miss? Oh, no. But even when I get there, I still ain't going to be one of those. Okay. <laughs> I hear you. So I want to get some background about you because you own a sports team. You own a basketball team, which is... As far as I know, I think you're the only African-American woman that owns a basketball team. What's your background? How did you get say, you know what? I just want to own me a team. Did you always like it? Did you play? So I have literally always loved, like I've loved just like the, um, just the basketball and like the basketball industry in general. But um, my interest heightened at around six And my dad and my mom, they were like other motivating factors, right? So like at six years old, back then, you know, I'm an 80s baby. So we had newspapers, you know, TV and all that stuff wasn't really uh, a phenomenon. You know, you would just get a newspaper, sit there. In fact, that's actually how I learned how to be more articulate in reading was from reading newspapers. Okay section particularly and um the stats because i could not figure out for the life of me as a kid oh you were reading stats as a kid yeah oh okay i'm an 80s baby as well so but shout out to the 80s babies <laughs> so being six i seen like different headlines in regards to back then you know the lakers were a phenomenon things were you know um, expanding with their organization and i like told my parents especially my dad i told him i said you know i want to own a team and he's like Okay, like you can, you know, a simple motivation, right? Like, I don't want my kids to just think I'm, you know, brushing them off. So he really sat down with me. Like, he was actually supposed to go to work um, and he ended up being late for work, but he sat down with me and told me, you know, like, oh, wow. you know what you want to do. I noticed that you've been kind of collecting these papers. You read it every day when it, when it comes on TV. Like, I'm snatching the remote, I'm changing channels to watch what I want to watch if it has to do with sports, sports ownership. So, talking to pops, talking to my moms, my dad especially was like, you know what? You're not going to be able to do nothing with no experience. And you really ain't going to be able to do nothing if you keep acting the way you acting. Because I was literally like one of those teenagers. Okay. 
And we all been there. We all been there. Yeah, just you know, you know, I'm not gonna say rowdy, but like I just have you know, an attitude for everything. You know, argument for everything, fight for everything. In high school, fighting for everything. It's like as I really look back now, I realize like, okay, that is a journey of finding self. You know, for those that are, you know, we'll say spiritual, or those mm-hmm. that are, um, you know, just growing into something as women. That's a battle that you have to take on master it in order for you to get to anywhere else that you're trying to go in life right Mm -hmm. mastered it and I said okay I want to own an NBA team nobody's going to stop me right oh wow I get on the phone I'm calling around I'm like okay so how do I own an NBA team and nobody for one wants to talk to me as they shouldn't have because they're in a different you know bracket (laughs) (laughs) and I ended up getting like um, a investor relations person which was really like random because I just called the number and asked he's like well if you want to own a team he's like you know the first thing you have to do is have experience you know what does your resume look like I'm like uh yeah so I know all about the game I've been around the game I'm six feet and a half okay always been trying to get you know people always try to recruit me for you know the who but I'm like my thing is ownership so he's like well get your resume together get your experience under your belt you sound very enthused he's like you sound like you know you really want this I figure I should see you or hear from you again in 15 years Whoa. and he hung up on me <laughs> okay and I, I was like 15 years <laughs> it's so funny because I am literally um, seven years into that you know really yeah and like I actually do see it you know and my resume is literally building I've owned my team for five years um like I said my mom and my dad they've been like a big motivational factor in my family they've been pushing me motivationally my friends pushing me motivationally and I said okay I'm gonna buy the Vipers (laughs) okay the Vipers in a a league which is the ABA and you know us getting into the league we like yeah okay you know, two months of this, we on our way to the NBA, right? <laughs> Never. Um, my first game, I had cricket. That was probably about the only thing that was okay. important. Okay. I said, okay, I got to do something. You know, I got to rebrand. I got to, you know, learn more about this marketing thing. I got to fill these seats. And, you know, fast forward five years later, we are in 12 different countries, partnered with 20 wow. alliances. Um, the team literally has reached 3 million in analytics. You know, you I'm sure you watch analytics, especially when it comes to like your show and stuff like that. So to get to 3 million is probably the hardest thing ever to do. Mm-hmm. Um, as we get to that, we grow up, we're growing our organization. Like we have fans literally all across the globe. We have um, over 10 Fortune 500 sponsors. And I just feel like at this point, I'm like, but, you know, when I hear my story and I see what I've built, it's so flabbergasting because you're like, oh, shoot, like, I built it. <laughs> so it's I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And, you know, being a woman in uh, a male industry, you know, like um, I haven't, you know, had any issues with anything like that, but it's just, it's just been a really good, you know, it's been a really good feel and it's been uh, a blessing. I wanted to ask you something because you mentioned it and this is something that tall people get a lot. I'm, I'm on the tall end. I'm not over six feet, but I'm on the taller side for being a woman. You People do ask you. They come up to you. Do, do you play sports? Do you play basketball? What was it like growing up as a tall woman in a society that typically celebrates shorter women? Typically. It has been the story of my life. No, okay. <laughs> I'm sure if uh, Coach King and Coach Green, you know, God rest their souls, were still alive, um, they would tell you. They would say, like, they always try to recruit me. I'm talking about I could be in the hallway in high school, walking down the hallway. They, they just come from around the corner from nowhere and just walk with me down the hall. You know, you know playing basketball can open up doors for you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, like, no, I understand, but, you know, I'm focused. And I did. I had a business uh, at 16. I had a um, credit and debt counseling company. At 16. Really? At 16? 16. I was literally like in school, going to school and coming home and like, you know, working on my business. So it was, it was, you know, it was a lot, but I get it all the time. Even when I'm in the grocery store, I'm six, four with heels. So you'll catch, you know, okay, <laughs> you know, older lady that'll come running. I'm like, you just dashed down this whole aisleway to come grab Who's <laughs> trying to get me. No, I love, I love you, but uh, yeah, I get it all the time. I go to the store, they're like, hey, can you get this off of the shelf for me? Or, you know, let me guess, you, you play, in, you're in the WNBA or, you know, you, you know, you ran track or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear the legs for days, you know, you just, <laughs> so many different. Did guys give you a hard run? Cause I know sometimes it can be intimidating when you, they see like, oh, she tall. Oh, like, 
always, especially, and I'm, I'm not trying to be funny, but especially if I go into a meeting and um, everyone is shorter than me, even me, <laughs> I have on heels, the first thing is like dominance. That's the first thing you get because people want to show that they're not scared of you because you're tall, you know? And I'm thinking right. like, trust me, if I wanted an issue, <laughs> my height ain't gonna have nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hilarious when you do get that um, and then you know you know us as women okay mm-hmm. um, if a woman does walk in with a sense of elegance and grace while I am one and you seem to be one too to embrace that um, you do get more of the hmm, you know the whatever that is You're right. <laughs> it is that I mean you that also segues perfectly into this next question being in a male I know you said you haven't had any problems mm-hmm but being in a male-driven industry, I can only imagine that you have to work 10 times as hard for people to take you seriously. And, and you're young as well. If you're an 80s baby, you're a millennial. Yeah. So now you have these older men or older <laughs> black and white men telling you, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. How, what is that like dealing with that? It's, um, it's a double-edged sword. And okay. I say that is because okay, so this might be me because I'm just really cocky. I'm not gonna lie. This is probably why I'm doing really great. In this <laughs> <industry>. <laughs> okay. If I'm in the room, it's because somebody invited me or I um, sent in an invitation to be there, right? Okay. And if they accepted the invitation, then that means you're accepting my terms, okay? Mm-hmm. And my terms is we always gonna come from a line of respect. If that line is crossed at any point. I switch over to the other side, okay? So, like, I have I have street smarts and mm-hmm. I have business smarts, okay? You always want me to keep it business. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Cross <laughs> that line where I do have to go to the street smarts, then you probably will be in for a rude awakening. So, I said that to say I've been in the room with billionaires mm-hmm. and I haven't ever had a problem, but I think it could be my RBF face. Okay. Okay. Oh, all right. Your wrestling bitch face. I got you. Got you. It makes them just kind of be like, hmm. If I were to say anything, this lady probably would curse me out. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> so I haven't really had any issues, but you do get, you know, a lot of people that do um, attempt to question to see if you know what it is that you're doing and talking about. But I do feel like what I have built um, ha- does speak for itself. I do now have um, the WNBA executives from the NBA, um, even the NFL now, like the NFL is reaching out to me um, for, you know, different marketing and executive roles and director of operation roles. So okay. I do feel like my name now is uh, reaching a certain uh, point where there's, mm-hmm. okay, if she's here, it's business, you know, and in different countries, I've never had an issue. Like, they're like... Please have a seat. We want to hear everything. Okay. <laughs> you know? So is it mostly here that you, if, if you have any issues or anybody that tries to question your authority, is it mostly here stateside? Oh, yeah. United States? Yes. Heck yeah. I, okay. And I've been all over the country. I'm, I I do not have an issue with traveling. Okay. And being in even like countries like Jamaica, you know, like third world countries where, uh, you know, when we go over there, sometimes it's just one of those what you here for you know what I mean because so many people are there for malicious reason and I had I didn't have an issue there you know like in fact we're we're looking at potentially buying some um you know some things out that way and okay. like, no issues but when you get to the United States you know everyone here uh not everyone most people here are really big with titles I have no mm, okay and, you know you can see now um just from the things that are happening right now in the um in the in the world, but especially in the United States, with a lot of the issues that we have, even with racism, that titles are in the way. Right. You know, and like um, that's probably the biggest issue I have: people with titles with entitlement. That's what I would say. Okay, which is interesting because I know a lot of black women, especially that are trying to climb up the social ladder. Maybe it's because you took a different route, like you just said, "Hey, I'm gonna make my own lane." But I know a lot of uh, black women they tend to have to prove that they are competent before it is assumed that they are competent. So it's it's interesting that you have not necessarily experienced that. Is it the, so you said you think it's your confidence level. Is that the thing that you think is missing for a lot of black female business owners? Um, yeah, I do. I feel okay. like um, owning what it is, I'm not even just black female business owners. I feel like even black women in sports. Okay. 
the WNBA. <laughs> like, I, and I speak on the WNBA very often because if I were to ever get an executive seat sitting at the chair for the WNBA and I had the ability to do and change the things that I wanted to change about the WNBA, it would ring bells across the nation. Okay. If that makes sense. And the, the, the salary you mean, or you just mean the, the way that it's marketed? Because you never hear the WNBA. It is not brought up in the same breath that the NBA is brought up in. Exactly. And it's, it's that. And you have to uh, always say, okay, why is that? But if you look at the executive boards, if you look at the titles of the people that are over the marketing, the presence, the whole, you'll see people are really consumed with titles. Cause like, okay, I can have the title as um, what, VP of marketing. But does that necessarily yeah. mean that my mindset is set on marketing this particular type of business? Does that make sense? I'm trying to yeah. think, I'm kind of filtering it so I don't like brush off and offend a couple people. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's you know, it's, it's questions to be had. I feel like at the round table or at the big table because I've met some spectacular WNBA players that can have a lot of things going for themselves. I mean. It just says a lot itself about women in sports, especially mm-hmm. looking at things like, you know, tennis shoes. LeBron's are the number like, what is it? Air Force Ones are the number one selling shoe. LeBron's are a selling shoe. Kyrie Irving's are a selling shoe. Steph right. selling shoe. Where's the W? Where? I've never, you don't see it. That's what I'm trying to say. So that's what I mean when I, when I say like, I'm not hearing none of that. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? Like, right. you don't want to let me build my <laughs> shoe here? Bye. I'm over there. I'm building my shoe over there. Like, I'm marketing it over here. So I'm like, maybe that's just me, though. Like, no, I never feel that. No, I feel that. And I, I think you should. And someone like you should sit at the table. Because even in the WNBA, it's not necessarily run completely by women. Like, there's men in the WNBA. Predominantly <laughs> all men yeah. with titles. Either they're an executive or an owner of a team mm-hmm. or are marketing for another opposing team is like how <laughs> right <laughs> right like it's a w like can we get some women yeah and, they, and i'm sure they do have women at the table but again like you said in prior in the conversation when women are sitting at the table they're really just happy to have that seat they're not pounding fists on the table you know what i mean they're like oh, okay sure yeah that's a good idea because i want to maintain my position at the seat i'll just box my shit up and be out you know what I mean? I just said what I had to say, but I'm not going to sit at the table if I don't have a voice. It's like, why? And I know I can take your organization to a different level. Like I'm sure and improving it from out. So, facts. So, what information? Because you seem to really have it together. Where it's like, you know, I'm not going to back down. What information would you give to a woman that is trying to, especially an African American woman that's trying to create and start a business? What are the steps that she would need to go to? to really establish that I ain't taking nothing from nobody. I would say your dream is in your head. So that is a God-giving sensory, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's that's something that was put there on behalf of um, a spiritual power, we would say. So if you have a dream and you have a vision of something that it is that you're looking to do, why let another person deter you from that? Because only you can see what it looks like. It's in your head, you know what I mean? And I feel like the biggest thing that um, that we as women have a tendency of doing is being swayed because mm-hmm. we ask a lot of questions and we ask a lot of opinions. It's like, ain't that something men don't ask shit? They just do it. <laughs> so th- th- men live off of um, act first, apologize later, mm-hmm. you know? And for us, we tend to apologize first and then try to act <laughs> and it's like no <laughs> because now you just gave your intention of what it is that you were trying to do in which now people have all right and all motive to stop uh, I say that too in regards to social media you know people post all of their business on social media like facts for me I never told anybody I was about to buy a team I didn't even tell my mom and my mom you didn't yeah I told nobody and I okay won't. I branded it. I licensed it. I I did everything that I needed to do enough that it was in hand and secure. I hired six attorneys. I had all of them sitting with me. We talked about it. What's what's the issue here? What issues could I potentially run into? Everything. And then after I made the announcement, they're like, well, who is this team? And why's your face on it? (laughs) (laughs) 
I bought a team, you know, and I was really trying to buy a license for a G League team at that point, but they were giving those licenses to secondary, um, to NBA team. Okay. Team out of the G League. Um, okay. Is the D League? The D League, yeah. So I was trying my best to get a license from that, and I wouldn't have told anybody, you know? So, okay. So th- that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people just want people to know what they're doing before they even have it. And that's definitely a boss move. Now, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but how did you come to pick? Are you from the area, Illinois? Is that where you're from? Where you said, you no, know what, I want the Viper. I was born in Michigan and my family is from Louisiana. He's in Michigan, but every summer, every holiday, every chance that they pretty much got, I okay. was in Louisiana. So I oh. adapted more to the South because gotcha. we had more of a Southern upbringing. And when I finally got the chance to, I went more into the South. I'm here in Illinois now, but I probably will end up in the South very, very soon. So okay. I just kind of, I do like um, the Southern atmosphere um, mm. a little bit more than the Midwest while I do like winters and stuff like that. I just feel like it has a different level of structure. Oh, in the South? Yeah. Okay, got you, got you. So you just, the team, op- so did it open up? Like, how did you come to find out, like, okay, I can buy this team? So, <laughs> when it, when uh, I talked to them on the phone for investment relations, they told me that I needed uh, I needed experience, right? And I know I can't just go out and buy an NBA team because they're at about $610 million right now, so that wasn't an option. And so, like, I said, okay, I need to own a team. I really didn't care what team it was, but I knew I didn't want, like, you know, a youth team, AAU, like, none of that. Because to me, okay. um, while it is a growing market, I do feel like it's a tad oversaturated, okay? So, I said, all right, I need a pro team. I need something that is comparable to the G League. And I looked up, I seen, um, like, the CBA at the time frame. I seen the ABA at the time frame. And I seen, like, a few other acronyms. And I always said, okay, so which one has longevity? And to me... An organization that has a lot of something mm-hmm. loses something, it's still going to be in existence. So the CBA didn't really have that many teams. And I'm not saying this to like bash them or anything like that, right. but they did have a legacy back in the day. So I looked between them and the ABA and I said, you know what? I, I finally you know, selected the ABA. Um, as I bought the team, uh, which there was a market reservation fee of um, five figures. Okay. And I said, okay, as I buy this team, what are the other teams doing? So this is me turning my market reservation in and me looking at the other 150 teams that are in the league. Like mm-hmm. I went through each and every team to see how and what legacy had been built. Oh, wow. Okay. So as I did that, I said, okay, looking at these teams, I see, you know, vulnerability. You know, as far as from marketing to business acumen to a whole bunch of other things, okay? There were a few that did have um, most of their things together, but they were still missing some things, okay? And those teams that I felt were strong, I literally grabbed some players and I popped up at their games. So, wow, okay. (laughs) 10 hours, 12 hours to see, you know, face-to-face in action, what they really had going on and what the persona was for some online versus in face and in in stand was completely different. Okay. So that just kind of, like I said, I'm an um, analytical person. So like I literally mm-hmm. had to like uh, look and see how I wanted this to be. And so I bought the team. Um, at the time frame, I had got a job offer uh, here in Illinois. And okay. I said, Okay, so now that the job offer is, you know, available, you know, this kind of opens up more doors for me to be able to just pour funding, you know, into my new organization. Mm-hmm. So I move, I pack up, I have children, so I, you know, pack them up. Oh, wow. So you have, you're a mom okay. as well. Okay. I'm a mom of five. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. So I literally, I packed up and we moved uh, to Illinois. Mm-hmm. And in the process of us trying to get to where we're going, um, in the process of me trying to get to um, my first work assignment, I literally got lost in this place which is called Liberty. And while the people were really nice and very directional, <laughs> yet unique. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, 
they pointed me in the direction that needs to go because my phone died. Like, I didn't know where I was at. I'm lost. I'm seeing oh, Lord. some sort of a bird. I couldn't tell you what type of bird it was. I just know he was huge. I want to say he was a, um, a vulture. Oh. He was hanging from like um, like this light, like this light wire. Oh, my goodness. And I'm sitting there looking at him like, okay, I'm lost. I'm seeing a vulture. It's almost dark. I'm just like really mad and like in my feelings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I looked around and I said, okay, Libertyville, right? So I'm like, I'm going to put the team here. I'm just making the assumption that maybe I'm here for a reason and I got lost here for a reason. They had a sports complex there at the time frame. So I reached out to the sports complex. Having those questions, I said, I do want to put the team. And at that time, I was instructed that that would be okay. 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 All right. And I named the team the Libertyville Vipers. And after they met me in person, <laughs> it was like, mm, you're a woman. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. I mentioned that on the phone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like everything kind of swayed, but you know, the name was already, you know, legally done. Everything was put, you know, on social media, everything oh, wow. on Google ads, all of this other stuff. And so I said, all right, well, we just go thug it out with this name until we see it fit to go somewhere else. And that's when we started getting calls from other cities as our brand expanded. In fact, from that okay. point where we were not wanted by one city, we were um, reached out to by five. Oh, wow. I decided to take it to another city. Um, and I went into a predominantly Hispanic area. Okay. <laughs> So as we go over into this area, <laughs> I'm like, okay, we have Hispanics. That's cool, right? But they really didn't like basketball like that. <laughs> 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 like, All right, uh, time to move. <laughs> um, and by then I got a call um, from a few people that told me like, you know, you should go out to a city called Gurney. And so uh, I had already been out there a couple of times. I had met the mayor a couple of times. Um, we had done like some three on threes out there before. And it never dawned on me, okay, how uh, God will put things like directly in your face. Okay, but it takes you to learn and to see in order for you to actually grasp what he's trying to tell you, right? <laughs> right. So those two failures, um, well, I'm going to say lessons learned because you can never lose or fail. So those two lessons, I get to Garnier and everything that I'm looking for, okay, from support, venue, I mean, surrounding areas, tourism, everything you can think of is in literally one area. Okay. Fair support. You have all of these executives, board members, everybody that are in support of the Vipers. Oh, wow. That really made a mark on me to kind of press the gas a little bit more when it came to the Vipers brand Mm -hmm. to the point where I said, okay, now that we have a home, now it's time to turn it up, right? Okay. <laughs> so once we got invited there, you know, um, I was already having conversations with, um, man, probably six or seven other countries. We had, oh, already, wow. we had already been to Jamaica. We already had a deal in Africa. We had already had um, some stuff we were building in New Zealand. And, oh, my goodness. And cool. Now it's time for us to kind of move forward. So... Some, of, some countries I'm under NDA for, so I can't throw them out there, but... Okay. Yeah, we are literally... Um, we're working. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like it. We're not going to get you in trouble, so you don't, don't break no NDAs on, on, on my platform. <laughs> but I do... <laughs> that's that's really amazing how that I now when you say when you sit back and you say wow I built this it makes a lot more sense like having a business is one thing but you really took this team from the ground up pretty much yes and I was the ticket person at the door <laughs> I was the executive assistant okay I was the marketing director okay. I was the sales director okay so to, to go from that to now 246 uh, employees worldwide it's like it's mind-boggling you know it really does it does make you look at like just don't give up all you have to do even though people will try to throw things in your way and try to make you feel like you either don't belong or you should not mm-hmm. you, you got to keep excelling forward because it's your dream nobody can control that 
you really should be a motivational speaker because that's just like when I tell you that's fascinating to me <laughs> it is fascinating to me that not only are you young you are also you, you, you're you a woman of color that, that's fascinating I'm, to I'm me. a mom like and, and that too was building my team and I'm just going through stuff in my personal life you know what I mean but like people didn't know that people didn't see all of that you know, I was pregnant with my daughter, literally on the plane, seven hours. She's moving and kicking around. I'm in there trying to eat certain food, so I don't get oh. all my way to another country. And it was, you know, I would never like say, it, like you, you know, it would affect my children or anything in health or nothing like that, because like my pregnancy was completely healthy and all that stuff. But it's just the the determination that I had. It was like, all right, little mama, we on our way to. Be <laughs> like, what is, what's the range of your children's ages? Oh man, I have a 16 year old, I have a 14 year old, I have a 12 year old, I have a seven year old, and I have a new uh, seven month old, aka okay. ED. All right. So, yes. Oh, wow. So, you was, when you were doing this, you had young babies. I'm trying to shuffle through homework. I'm trying to, you know, you always got, <laughs> you always had that one kid. Okay, so you got to. Shuffle through them, dealing with their stuff at school. All right. You still got to go to parent teacher conferences. All right. You, I'm going to conferences and then going straight to games. I'm going to conferences, going to events. So, yeah, like I literally, the kids with me, they rocking Vipers gear. They helping now that they're bigger. They have their own businesses, but they are, you know, helping with concessions and, you know, how oh, up. So, yeah. In the biz, in the family. Like, you got to keep it in the family. How did you get Melvin Allen as head coach in James Washington? Is that did you know them? Did you like recruit them out? How did you how did that come to be? So it's really hilarious because okay, so I'm gonna start with Coach Mill because if they hear the story and when they hear this podcast, they're going to laugh, okay? Like <laughs> I I kept reaching out to the military base. My father, um, he's former military. Um, he was out in Cali for a while as uh, military, I think it was an officer, police officer. Okay. Um and as he's in the military, you know, it was really intriguing, you know, to me, his experiences. So, you know, at some point, my friends and myself, we all uh, to enlist. Um, God obviously had other plans for me while my mm-hmm. friends went off and finished out in the military. I went through the boot camp, got through the first phase and found out I was actually pregnant with my oldest daughter. So, oh, I wow. had, you know, you know, trade back a little bit. And they were really graceful in regards to saying, like, OK, you can make a choice. You know, you can, you know. Still enlist, and then you have to, you know, obviously at that point sign your rights over to another person and keep, you know, whatever. So I chose to be a mommy, right? Mm-hmm. And as I did this, I've always had uh, in favor of uh, the military. You know, my father, grandfather, uncles, all military. So I said, you know, whenever I get to a state or whenever I go anywhere, I always attempt to show um, appreciation and support to the militants because they really do have one of the hardest jobs okay okay so, i'm gonna ask you about the knee in a minute i'm gonna ask you about that in a minute <laughs> so i said i'm going to reach out to the military base and see if we can play them don't ask me why i did it okay <laughs> <laughs> optimistic at the time frame and um i talked to a guy there uh he was actually the um director of sports and athletics he's also the director of new recruits training I should have known then, okay, <laughs> that he was the person with his personality over training all of the new guys to come in. And if he act like that, he was training hogs. You see what I'm saying? Right. He that though at the time. So he introduced me to Coach Mel Allen and he's like, yeah, you know, this is my assistant um, or the associate director of athletics. And as I had a conversation with him, I'm like, man, they are really on it with training these guys you know <laughs> to the military so he's like yeah you know we can set up a game no problem so you know at that what is it at that moment rj knew right <laughs> that it was gonna be an issue so we get there uh i have some players that don't know how to get on the base so i was just that okay, okay. just walk on the military base with headphones in because i had a player who walked in headphones in he didn't hear the sergeants yelling at him he's oh and by now he has five or six guys with arms drawn at him and he turned around don't know what to do and I'm like why do you have headphones in <laughs> walking on a military <laughs> these are just some of the stories okay that I deal with in my life right so that was the beginning of 
this venture. Okay. We get the game and we're down by about, I think it was about maybe 15 seconds, somewhere around there. And we lost. And I was so bummed because I had some of the greatest players that I felt like, you know, the best of the best in the city and or in around the city to play on my team. And we literally lost 15 seconds by one point. Oh and my goodness. Coach Mel Allen was actually the coach at that time. And so I told him, I said, yeah, uh, I'll be back. So we played him again. We did win the second time. But I just loved his work ethic. Like, okay. you could tell that he's really um, stern. He's also really organized and he has a military background. And I do feel like with what I'm trying to build, it will take structure. It will take mental dominance. It will take loyalty and it will take um, the ability to train people even when they see and show signs of within themselves. And the military is really great at some of them. So that's why I picked him. Okay. I call him AKA Mr. Gotta Argue Back About Everything, okay? So I've been Coach Washington for 10 plus years, okay? Um, he's actually uh, a family friend, and he's always, since I've known him, he's, I want to coach, I want to coach, I want to coach, I want to coach. He's coached little kids, immaculate when it comes to uh, building things for just the youth. Okay. okay. And I said, well, <laughs> when you're dealing with some of these guys, okay, most of them act like these, okay? So <laughs> it might actually be a good correlation for you to coach. And in fact, he started out as my head coach. And while he was coaching, he was actually learning because it was okay. a lot of times that we would literally bump heads in regards to my um, directive of coaching style mm-hmm. is his deliverance, okay? And when you're used to dealing with children, you deliver a message as if you're dealing with children. Okay. Okay. I had to tell him the difference between the two and how I want to structure business. So since he has been around the organization for about four or five years, he definitely has a vision of where I'm trying to go with the Vipers. And he's seen where the Vipers has gone. In fact, he was one of the coaches um, that coached against the national team in Jamaica, in which we won two of our games. So that's kind of how he came about as assistant coach and coach as head coach but they have had their bouts in the past and okay. I like they are yin and yang <laughs> so when one decides that they want to have a moment the other will come in and say come on bro like <laughs> okay <laughs> and both the people know signs um they are both Scorpios so okay yeah got you <laughs> you know automatically if anybody knows astrology that is probably one of the most strongest signs besides, you know, Aries Capricorn that you can get. Okay. And yeah. okay, so that's why I selected. Okay. It seems like a good a good match or a good pairing. Now I wanna I wanna ask you, you mentioned it a little bit about the military. Yes. How did you feel when you saw a lot of the players, boys players, athletes start to really use their voice for social change. As an owner, was it ever something in your mind like, you know, I, I don't know if I support this or were you like, I support it 100%? Oh, no. I've, excuse me. I've always supported it 100%. Okay. Yeah. I mean, as long as um, I'm, my job is always going to be to protect the brain. So okay. as long as you don't interfere with that, I don't have an issue with you voicing your opinion now what i will always preach to them is what you speak like how we're recording this right now will stay into the universe for centuries to come so be careful what you speak be careful what you put out there because some things cannot be taken back and you it is uh very hurtful to offend the wrong type of people if that makes sense um and make sure you're doing it for the right reasons because As I spoke on things that were going on, like with Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. I'm all for and still am all for the movement. Okay? okay. Because there are still issues that are going on today, like with Breonna Taylor, like mm-hmm. Kendrick Johnson, you know, like these type of issues. And so I do feel like someone should say something. Now, I had a particular player that decided that they wanted to record um, some protests with negative banter including things of that nature and that's where I draw the line because that's not what we do over here so that's my opinion on that 
Okay, so as a you from a military side, you still support people's rights and doing what they want. You just don't want it to get to a point where it's like I hate this person or yeah. stuff like that type of vulgarity Absolutely. when it gets thrown into it. Because it, it could very easily be you. You know what I mean? It's like why not speak on something that could easily be you? You can easily get pulled over. You don't know who's pulling you over. I'm not saying that all people are bad because I have friends that are officers. I have myself ran into issues with people that have snarky, sarcastic, or racist things to say. So it's really all about making sure you're not naive, but in okay. the same breath, make sure that you're not creating an issue at that moment where there isn't Okay, I can understand that. Another big issue that's happening for sports and athletes is COVID. Will you play this year? Is that something? Are you against it? Are you like, I don't know, because the Major League Baseball has completely ruined it. I think the NBA has done it right. But what, as an owner, when you're looking at stuff like this, what are you thinking? Because it's possible we could go into 2021. So... Automatically, we were already aiming for 2021. Um, So we will pick things up for the Vipers uh, marketing-wise in November. But when it comes to physical, we probably will be January. That's what we're looking at. Um, Knowing people, okay, that have contrasted COVID, okay? Um, People that are near and dear to my heart, I don't think that it's necessary to play with. Okay. A lot of people are saying just a lot of just, man, like crazy stuff, man. Like, oh, it's just the flu. It's just, you know, it's this, that. It's like, no, I've really just seen a couple people on their deathbed, you know, like FaceTiming them, talking to them, and it doesn't look like they're going to make it. And like when I see them now and to see that they were able to overcome this situation and scenario, it lets me know that it's nothing to be played with. So, my friends, uh, my fans, my this community that we serve are near and dear to my heart. And I would never put them in a situation where I feel like it was the cause of me to harm them. Does that make sense? Yes. So we will only play if it is deemed safe for the community because I have children mm-hmm. um, and safe for the kids of the community to come and watch their favorite sports. Okay. And how, as a boss, as a as an owner, when you look at the way other leagues have handled it, what are your thoughts on that? I feel like um too close to the penny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's because um some big businesses do have the right to close. You have enough money to do so. It's like if you can't take time away from something because you have a fear of being irrele- irrelevant, Okay, then you ain't built it right. And that's when that fear of sitting at the table mm-hmm. should go back into effect. Does that make sense? And I feel like a lot of these organizations, that is their fear of being irrelevant. Oh, if I sit out too long, I won't be relevant. I won't continue to stream. I won't be able to get back into the same media light or into the same uh, sense of uh, audience that I was in before. And that ain't a problem for us. I've still got people that just texted me this morning asking about season tickets. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I'm saying that to say if you build a brand that is worth waiting for, taking time off for doing the right thing shouldn't be an issue. Okay. And I'm going to get the information from you so people can get those tickets, know how to reach you and reach the team. Well, not you specifically, but the team. Uh, but before that, how do if someone wants to get and be like a player and like, hey, I think I want to play for the Vipers. How would they go and do that? So the first step is to go to VipersProBasketball.com forward slash tryouts. Um, everything is done as a tryout phase. And the reason for that is because I am very careful with the brand. Okay. Um, I want people to follow the, the map that we have set for the Vipers organization. And we can get people, anybody, you know, that can pick a ball, who can shoot and actually make it, whatever they, you know. But for where I'm trying to go, which is G League, I do need a certain type of person or players to be a part of the organization. So you do have to have a sense of professionalism. You okay. do have the ability and understanding that community is always going to be first. I get a lot of players that will come to the organization and they just want to hoop. 
that's not an option. Mm, okay. Once you pick up the ball, these kids are looking at you and they want to either be like you or they want to meet you. If you so cocky, okay, <laughs> that you can't go to a community event to, <laughs> uh, you just have to be a well-rounded player where you literally can come into the organization, you play, you do community events, you are sociable, you are okay with being in front of the camera, everything that is required of you as a pro athlete. Like, if you're coming okay. here as 50% of a player, we don't want you. And I'm, I'm, I am the one to tell you, like, yeah, you are talented, but you're horrible with communicating. You know what I mean? Like, or being... Okay. So, that is what uh, we would look for. Okay. So, now you know, if you don't come with professionalism, you will not be a viper. <laughs> that is just not what they're looking for. It doesn't go with their brand. Now, if you're a fan and someone like, hey, I want to go to a game, how do you get tickets? How do you follow on social media? And how do we reach you? Absolutely. Um, VipersProBasketball.com is going to be the number one way to reach uh, the organization or reach me. Um, if you want tickets, everything is there. Um, if you want to see games, uh, our just our social following, just the new things that we have coming up. We post a lot on Instagram and Facebook. So our Instagram page is VipersProBall, like literally just Vipers, word pro, P-R-O, ball, P-A-M-L. And uh, Facebook is the same, Vipers Pro Basketball. Okay. All right. So now you know. So hey, go make sure you get some tickets. Make sure you like. Make sure you subscribe so you know when their season is starting. Hopefully, COVID will go away. Eventually, <laughs> we have a vaccine. Either one. And we will get all sports back on their regular schedule by 2021. I want to thank you for coming to Millennials Anonymous podcast. You can come back anytime you want. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to Millennials Anonymous Podcast. I want to thank Miss RJ White for coming and stopping through Millennials Anonymous Podcast and gracing us with her knowledge and her presence. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you to every single person out there that has ever listened to Millennials Anonymous Podcast. We appreciate you. And then make sure you like and subscribe to Millennials Anonymous on all major podcasting platforms so you can hear what's going on. And go to our website so that you can vote for the next best podcast competition sponsored and presented by our parent company maps media so you can vote it's on the home page it's easy and don't gotta do nothing else but go ahead and vote i'm just saying so thank you so much we appreciate you bye